Good morning, Mike. Just bring this mic close to my face. You know, one day we should like, you know, record us. Just we're, record us. We're handsome. We're handsome gentlemen. I'm talking video recording. Oh, video recording. Yes. Because <laughs> you're a handsome gentleman. Well, thank you, William. I was I was wondering if anyone was going to notice. And you I just don't. You know, we're, you. I just don't think we're just faces for radio. <laughs> no. We're faces for old grainy black and white television. Yeah, <laughs> like we could. We don't. We're not gonna hold up to HD. No, <laughs> we could just do the whole thing on AI and like say, you know, we'll just make AI character caricatures of ourselves and and do it that way. That'd be funny. That is funny. Yeah. I got over TV the other day, technology wise. What I mean to say is, I have a TV that that supports high def resolution. Right. And I have a I have a 4K Apple TV, so it means that if if I can get a fast enough bitrate off of my internet, right. I can have 4K TV. But my TV isn't very big. So it's like 4K. It's like 4K is, to my eyes, the same as 1080p to my exactly. eye. Because I, I have a, whatever, a 50-inch TV or something like that. Not even not that big. Right. Right? It's not like a 70-inch TV yeah, or whatever. Doesn't 4K, like, doesn't even kind of kick in to your eye until after 50 inches or something? Probably. Like yeah. Because, yeah, it's got to because it's tiny, tiny, tiny dots. Right. right? So, um, anyway, so our TV started doing this thing around Christmas where it blinks like the HDR linking thing in the upper right corner. It's like blink. It like, it like the TV dips out and comes back on. And this HDR thing is in the corner. And I'm like, why is it started doing that all of a sudden? So then I go and look at our settings and I see that it's set to go 4k. And what's happening is our internet is peaking and valleying. And so we're getting 4k sometimes and sometimes we're not. And so every time it gets it, it's like, Oh, and it tells me, and it makes our TV dip out. It's like super irritating. It's like a bug. Anyway, so I went and set it to 1080p. So I'm like, just give me the slower one, man, because the eye can't even see it. And sure enough, it went away. Feeling great. That is weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. During yeah. The, during COVID, like I I actually pay for kind of like higher speed for my house. Yeah. And it do- doesn't work. I mean, it sometimes works. Exactly. Right? And I'm like, uh, and then, and so I, I used to call the, the service provider and I'm like, hey, you know, it seems like in the evenings, this thing just dip, dips down. Right. That's because the like, whole neighborhood's watching Netflix. That's what I thought. But oh. they're like, no, that's not why. And I'm like, that, what are you talking about? What, what, everybody, everybody in your house is home in the evening. I'm like, dude, it's COVID. We're home all day. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, the people. Technology. People, I find technology. I find myself like my my brother in law came over. He had gotten a new MacBook and he's like totally regretting it, which is weird because oh, normally weird. you get a new MacBook, you're all excited, right? You usually feel good about just never having to worry about your battery, you right? But so his problem Prim- primarily that like yeah everything else is like yeah it's fine, but the battery. <laughs> well, he's not a Mac guy, so he'd always had like a cheap PC. Yeah, and so he's like he misses the relationship. He never has to. Control, delete anything, and never has to. Correct. He never has to massage it, make it feel good about itself. Correct. <laughs> to work. Correct. And he's like, "This so is cold. the worst decision of my life." I went, "Where did you buy it?" And he's like, "October," and no. he just broke it out of the box. Jeez, what does he really not like about it? I was joking, of course. No, exactly that stuff. It's the little stuff, like you know, you can't x out of stuff. You have to quit stuff, right? You have the the other things are like he can't do. He has all these like he was using like these open source stuff that doesn't work on Mac. For like spreadsheets and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh. "What are you using?" And I said, "You know, there's other programs for that." Dude, but he doesn't like, want to learn anything Google, new. Google Docs, you know. He doesn't want to use Google Docs. He doesn't want to use. Uh, he has a Microsoft 365 account. He did. He doesn't really like that. It's, it, I can't. I didn't even hear. But I never even heard of what he. I'm like, well, there's Pages. So I tried to teach him how to do that. And he's just like, he does not want to learn stuff new. And I'm like, dude, you're younger than me. And like, he's four <laughs> years younger than me. He's just, and my wife is a complete Luddite. You have you ever heard that term? Yes. <laughs> She's a Luddite. She hates the Tesla. Hates, hates with a passion. Really? So she went out while I was gone and the Tesla was the only car there. And my son had taken the Tesla key, which is like a, a credit card shaped thing. Yeah. So w- everything is in Utah. But you can give her access keys through her oh. cell phone. So I did that, and I wasn't working properly. And she doesn't she doesn't have the patience to sit down and kind of, like, figure it out. So she so, stayed home? No, she stayed home or called friends. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. And she goes, I hate that car. She goes, I, <laughs> That's exactly what Rachel would have done. <laughs> she's like, I hate Rachel's that. Rachel's not a Luddite. Um, she's, a, she's a belligerent tech 
capable. She's and very words, capable. No, this is what, what I'm saying is that she's only learned it because if 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 it's standing in the way of her getting something done, then she'll learn it. So she would learn it in the situation where she was stuck at home, but she would hold it against that car forever. <laughs> <laughs> totally, and that's what's happening. She's like, I I hate this thing. It's a funny. It's a funny situation. I find myself like there are certain little things like at work that. I switched from using Apple Mail to Outlook because my client management program uses Outlook. So I'm like, oh, it would be more seamless. But I hate now I have to learn all the little tricks of Outlook. It's, Outlook's it's, the worst. It's Oof. worst. I don't like it at all. It's really bad. Well, and the other problem it's is— It's used to be, and it's still really bad. Rachel makes these signatures for us, like yeah. custom signatures. So it was all finally working properly in the Mac. Mm. But no, no moss in the. No moss in, no, in Alec and Hill. I and I don't have uh-huh. like I don't have the courage to go to Rachel and say, hey, <laughs> I can't make this work again, because <laughs> she looks at me like, like I'm a I'm a dummy. Uh, well, you know, you you can you can work through those feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that old SNL skit where the the copy guy? Hey, making copies. <laughs> and it seemed like that 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 copy guy. You know, ended up to be the tech guy. Do you remember? And the like. Oh no, there was a different sketch. Was it a different sketch? A different sketch with, uh, yeah, it was actually really funny. It uh, was hilarious. Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. And he walks like, up and looks over your shoulder. He's like, "Move!" <laughs> and they skew aside, and yes. then he fixes it for him. So true. <laughs> like, did you spell your name right? <laughs> Do you know your password? Oh man. So I have a question: Are okay. we ever going to go away from like? Does it does it frustrate you? That, like, I upgraded my phone recently, and my phone usually keeps my passwords. Yes. But then inside of, like, some apps, it doesn't know and remember passwords. So an app that had a password. Yeah. That it doesn't, that's it's not in there because it's a new phone. I have to re-enter it, and yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah. Like, are we ever going to go to a place where... Passwords are more secure, and we don't have to remember. Yeah, they're actually okay. So good, I have good news on this. At least, at least that I've read. I don't actually know if I believe it, but it, the good news is that Google and other large tech companies are trying to get it to go away from uh, passwords at all, and it's all going to be like biometric or some other way to like Apple sign on or Google sign on or Facebook sign on. I don't know. I don't. Have well, you seen that? I yeah, like that. Yeah. I like it when that happens. Well, that already exists. But that's still a password. So they're talking. They're getting. They're getting to where they're like they'll know it's you, without you having to enter a password. That's and that's interesting. Some people think it's terrifying, of course, but it's interesting. Well, I watched a, a movie last night, or it's a, the end of a, the Reacher series, and yeah. like uh, biometrics. The guy hacked a biometrics by digging the guy's eye out and using his eye. And sure. A, yeah, know. that was the Minority Report gag too. Yeah, exactly. So, so look, I. Here's the thing. Then we're gonna have like special glasses to protect your biometrics. The the the, <laughs> the like security is is the big downside of using all these cloud services. It oh, really so is because I I don't. I mean, if I don't use a cloud service regularly, I don't. I hardly ever remember the password, and I. Yeah. Know, I hardly for sure. ever remember, and so I always have to do password recovery and. So yeah. Two factor is usually what saves me. Is it sends something to my phone and I click, yeah, it's me, and then that's that. You know, there's a big problem with two factor in in a weird way. So when Liam left on his mission, a bunch of his stuff. Oh, yeah, I hate it. I hate it so much. Dude, he had so many two factor things, and he came back, and we had killed his phone number while he was gone. It's part of the two factor. It's his phone number. Yeah. No, I understand. So we end up in a, in a kind of a pickle with I think his bank and something else, yeah. like trying to figure out how in the world we're going to get back into this thing. So anyway, hey, uh, speaking of tech, yeah, we have our ongoing bet that you're about to lose. Oh wait, wait, wait! Let's talk about the the one I already lost too. Oh yeah, you lost that one a big way. Wait, we haven't talked about that yet. Uh oh, we haven't. It's oh, been a was, long time. Yeah, it was. I can't remember. What so it was the now. president of Harvard uh, resigned oh, yeah. a week and a half after we had our last podcast. <laughs> and um, such a good day. And then, and then, in true fashion of the religious left. They they all circled the wagons after racist. she got, after she got fired, saying, "Well, she quit, but you're all a racist, <laughs> and you you held her to a different standard." And then a war has broken out on the left because uh, because this one person who wanted her to resign from the left, this billionaire named Bill Ackman, right. I, I didn't know before. I've never heard of him. Um, I mean, so I heard of he him was until he was pleased that she resigned, and he, this was because of her, her statements about Israel, not because of the. 
right. that other thing. But he was pleased that Plagiarism. she resigned. And he's married to a former academic who's an entrepreneur. And and then they and then someone went and dug up all of her papers and found places where she uh it, much, much less egregious, but nevertheless, examples of when she didn't cite properly in her papers and published it in the news. And Bill Ackman's like, oh, we're doing this now? Okay, I'm a billionaire, so I'm going to launch an investigation of every single faculty member at MIT where she used to work, and we're going to publish those. So that's happening. Yes. <laughs> So that's happening. I kind of like that. And they that. all freaked, and it's gotten super quiet. Like the criticisms of him have like now dwindled to a trickle, and he's going to start dumping all this stuff. So, well, the interesting part was I think I don't remember if I predicted online, but I did predict that it was going to be some oh, kind of lawsuit. Oh, but he did. He did go already publish the uh, the plagiarism of the owner of the news outlet that pu- <laughs> <laughs> that published her. Like uh, that's awesome, pretty funny. The funny part too is that it's all about this DEI stuff anyway, and now the interim president's a white male. <laughs> yeah, I. By the and, way, and hey, do you know? Like, if, I'm really torn because I, there, at least in the case of Clyde and Gay, there does seem to be a lot of thumb on the scale DEI stuff. But but I don't want to go far down that road because if I go like three clicks into any post saying that, then there's some genuinely racist and lame stuff being published out there and it's like i don't want it i'm not i i want people to be hired for merit 100 percent. but i don't but i don't want to start chasing down people who have jobs and be like you you're a dei hire because that's that can get oh but you're gonna get that that, no but that's think about this is like that that criticism may have changed its name over the time like you know it's like uh, nepotism or uh you know nepotism was a big one for a long time and then they they had all these laws last year right yeah i mean so so nepotism but that's kind of a silly it's all silly right i mean you basically um, i just know that i I just know that like on X where I was reading tweets, I'm like, oh, that's thoughtful. That's thoughtful. And you go like one, the first comment, like not thoughtful. Like, yeah, but so bad. here's you my problem. I mean? Like digging, I don't know. Like, this is just a problem I have, I guess, is that racism is a new, it's a new phenomenon. It was gone for a very long time. And well, all of a sudden it's back. Commonly as we understood it, perhaps. Yeah. Not, yeah, not mean, to the, lots of people. Well, it's, <laughs> but, but it's redefined and re, re, yeah. reestablished. And then like affirmative action had gone away really as a, as a as a real big thing. And even, you know, the, the Supreme court shot it down, but it's kind of like after the fact, to be honest with you, like, so it just wasn't a lot, it wasn't a big thing. And then all of a sudden this DEI stuff shows up and it, it's a thing. So basically what it's done is it, any minority of anything is it p- puts into question their merit. It really does. And, and, and it's not, it's not fair because what they've done is they've created, um, artificial way of looking at someone's capability of doing something and yeah. and it presses the scale based on what protected no, class that causes, you are. that causes reactions and all i'm saying is not all the reactions are thoughtful yeah i mean if you're harvard so though I, I don't want to be a, i don't want to be like standing next to people that are saying something thoughtful and all of a sudden they're like and you know what else and then the what else becomes bad and you're like and here's, my deal with, here's, my, here's my deal with harvard if they really wanted a dei hire right there are qualified ones and I, I'm like, can if I were to say black woman, extremely uh, capable uh, to be the president of Harvard, can you think of someone? I can think of someone right away. Yeah, I can. Who? Condoleezza Rice. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Legitimate like, Hoover scholar. Institute, Hoover Institute. Yes. Scholar. I mean, <laughs> great, if you want to teacher by pub- merit. Published like a lot. Yeah, she's a provost at, St- at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the secretary of state. I mean, she <laughs> got these things on merit. Yeah. Right? Her, uh, and she, she would, I mean, if you are the most prestigious, and I think Harvard could be, uh, you know, Included in that conversation, the most prestigious uh, university yeah, in be. the world. They used to be. You would be looking at someone that's qualified, and they clearly screwed this up. They clearly screwed it up. She did yeah, wasn't right. qualified, and that's unfortunate. But anyway, anyway she's out. Uh, so However, William, she was- William won the bet. I lost the bet. Um, I, my bet. No, my. Uh, I did want to point out though that uh, I did actually send William all these articles. Because my bet was that they that they wouldn't want to give the scalp to the to the to the conservative that dug up all this information. Correct. Before the election, and there were all these articles ab- about that, 
about it was like, well, Claudine Gay's out, but this doesn't really teach us anything, and we're still the best. Is all these articles, yeah, and silly. I was just like, so I lost, but I, I hope I get points on the way out for predicting what the, a lot of the voices were. Yeah, no, say. I, I agree with what you thought what the voices are. I also said, by the way, she get paid to leave. Yeah. Now, but they split the baby pretty well. Because she actually she's retains her professorship. Exact, she's getting paid the same amount of money. $900,000 a year as, as a, a professor. As a professor. Right. <laughs> she, gets to have, she gets to have her uh, pay as the Harvard president as a professor at Harvard. Yeah. And, so, and what that does, it actually splits the baby pretty well, which tells me they did negotiate with her. Because she's like, I'm not leaving. And they're like, because if I leave, my academic career is over. Over. And that's and, that's a problem. And they're like, "Oh no, we'll figure that work, out." You know? Yeah, we'll allow you to keep teaching. We'll allow you to keep being out there, and we'll keep you, you know, because the money was there. So instead of paying her a lump sum when she goes, you know, going away, now she gets to be there, a tenured professor at Harvard, with a, a super, 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 super inflated salary as a professor. Yeah. So they so, split the baby well. I got to give them that. And th- so now you were going to talk about. The other bet that you think I'm going to lose. Yes, the other bet you're going to lose probably within two weeks is uh, Pro Vision Pro, Apple okay. Vision Pro. Yeah, that and sounds, that now, sounds right. So uh, to be fair, you know way more about I AR VR about than it, I do. But I did, but I did actively discount the infl- the Apple's forcing ability. So, the, but my my, my the, the data is that the last time someone made an AR VR headset and spent a couple billion dollars promoting it, um, it sold one thousand five hundred units. It didn't work, um, and it was uh, it was a big deal. And they had some good retail partners. They had all the AT and T stores, um, like out there pushing these products. Um, so I'm like, hey, I don't think I don't think Apple's going to sell more than twenty thousand of these things. And, William, and then I spotted William, you. William's laughing at me. Yeah, I spotted you a million. Yeah. No, 800,000. 800, yeah. And I, uh, it's not going to be a million, but uh, but it might be more than 20,000. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be more than a million. It's going to be more than a million. What makes you think so? Because there's enough <laughs> YouTubers that are going to buy the dumb thing just to, just to, just to have it. How many? Because I think I looked it up last night. How many uh, Oculus? This is a completely different Quest thing, though. Headsets have sold. Oh, I'm not on the internet. Um, Miraculously. No, I'm good. It's fine. And I. So anyway, this has been a minute, but I. But I. I just basically couldn't be more down on. The idea that people are going to start wearing a headset that projects fake eyeballs. On Twenty million on the on it. Twenty million. So, Meta has sold nearly twenty million Quest headsets. So they spent nearly no, nearly twenty million Quest headsets with the Quest ecosystem, and with uh, with unbelievable amounts of marketing over the course of the last several years. However, that's a lot. Um, so at, will Apple? I'm saying work? one million is. Like they, do you remember that uh, planner? So we'll remember that planner that they had? So I they guess I'm looking to lose two bets in a row. Yeah. I guess I come here just cavalier in the mornings, just being like, you know what else? I'll tell you what else I think. <laughs> or if you want, I can start being careful and just, just winning all these things. No, that's not true. I, 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 I just don't believe. Okay, so one thing has changed, by the way, since we made the bet. Is my son uh, Jonah begged me to get an Oculus Quest. Oh yeah. We did the basketball bet. Yeah. He's playing basketball. We got him the Quest. And he he used it nonstop for a couple weeks, and uses it a couple times a week now on right. kind of a regular basis. Right. And has a really good time for all the ways that they said he would have a good time, where he'll go into a virtual space where they're making stuff or playing stuff, and he'll talk to other people and play stuff with them. Have you have you tried that one? Have you put it on your head and done it? I I put it on for about two minutes, and then I haven't spent any time on it, even though we got him some of the cool games. Yeah, I haven't. I never put it on. I think it's because I wear glasses and I don't know how to adjust it, so I, I don't want to screw it up. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see. That's coming up. But there's a big difference between Quest and and that. That that's a VR headset, and they're they're really doing AR. And you're, uh, you know, for the audience, the difference is, VR is virtual real realistic. In other words, you're going in and you have no interaction with the outside world. Yeah. Where AR is supposed to blend the t- the outside well, and the inside. Well, Apple is trying to blend them though. 
That's why I say this is an AR. Yeah, the, one, the Quest is a VR. Yeah. It's and not. this is an AR. So they're, they're also doing some things to put their thumb on the scales, which is they're making a bunch of the video games uh, function inside the headset well, and they're making a bunch of TV and movies function inside the headset well. Yeah. Out, of the, out of the gate, they're doing that. Yeah, I've, I've read so a couple. So that's interesting. I've read a couple of reviews on the production one that's li- releasing right now, and it's interesting because these guys are like, I didn't think I would, but I think I might. And that's the way I think a lot of people are like, well, and if you have the money, I know it's expensive, but some people are going to be like, I have the cash. I might as well yeah, try Yeah, that it. was part of the equation about why I was compl- like saying it wouldn't sell very many. Because that one that would that only sold 1500 was like it was like $1,500. It was a nice, it was a nice yeah. headset. And this is $3,500. Yeah, to start. <laughs> to start. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. So I no, am I confident, did, I, though. I still I'm think- confident as a product category. It will not persist for Apple. That's my story. What do you mean by that? Like, you're saying they might sell a million headsets, and I'm saying maybe, but they're not going to keep doing this in five years. You don't think so? I don't. I think it's going to be a failed category. That's, that's, I don't disagree with you actually there. I don't, I, I think that this is going to be an interesting. I did win this bet at Disney. If, if you want to, if you want to rekindle your hope and my belief in things, I don't know if you guys remember Force Touch on the iPhone. Force touch was yeah. you could press something or you could hard press it and get a different thing, get right. like a fly-up menu. And I was working at Disney making video games, and I was like, hey, man, force touch isn't going to happen. I was saying this to the guy who was the guy in charge of talking to Apple all the time and because he, he'd come to us and be like, hey, in your product, if you put force touch, they're more likely to feature you, which we want. So, so see if that makes sense from a cost standpoint. And I'm like, we're not doing force touch. And he's like, why not? I'm like, because they're going to discontinue this. And he's like, no, they're not. He's like, I'm like, I'm talking to him. They're they're throwing all everything behind it. I'm like, but it's a bad feature and it's not going to work. So they're going to discontinue it anyway. They discontinued it and uh, quite quietly because I now that you now that yeah, you mentioned quietly, it because because they no moved one it to haptic. What's that? They moved it to haptic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I'm like, force touch isn't going to stick anyway. So right, I, I was right about that one. And that guy works at Epic Games now. I, I'm still tempted to text him. I'm like, see, I told you because he was pretty. <laughs> Dismiss. He wasn't just like, oh, I disagree. It was like, you're dumb. I you're, talked to Apple. Okay. You're like, and remember like, that time? <laughs> anyway. So I have a question. Speaking of large corporations, I was watching a video the other day about. Uh, I'm I'm obsessed with the Cybertruck. By the way, I went and saw one live. Oh, you did. There's one at the mall that's down by the temple. Okay. Uh, so so I is I it, highly suggest. Is it cool? It is okay. So my my impression they let, of the they let you sit in it and stuff like that. No, you just allowed to look at it. Okay. I uh, my impression of the truck originally, especially looking at all the pictures and stuff like that. This yeah. is ugly. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think it's too much of an eye grabber for my tastes. Yeah. So I don't know that I'd ever do it. Yeah. And so when I saw it there, I saw it like out of the corner of my eye. I could see that the Tesla store had one in there. And yeah. so we went down there and we looked at it. It is. Way cooler in person. I mean, like, really cool. I mean, like, I almost put a deposit down right then, right then. and waited my three years. It three was years. that cool. I'm already really impressed with the tech. I'm really impressed with what they're doing with it. Yeah. I, do I think it's going to replace an or, uh, Ford F-250? Probably not. Yeah. It's really well, it cool. It won't replace the utility of a Ford F-250, but there are some. there's a bunch of non, non-truck-needing non buyers who will buy this instead. Yeah, It'll well, and that the, the majority of trucks, but the Ford F one fifty is the the number one selling vehicle in the United States. I mean, it's not just yeah. truck; it's vehicle. Yeah, and so people use them for commutes and stuff like. It's there's a lot of utility in those things, and I miss. I really do miss having my truck. Yeah. That that said, there's some weird parts about it, right? So, did you know, like, it's bulletproof, scratch proof, dent proof. Yeah, but not fingerproof. Oh, right, because it's stainless steel. So it shows fingerprints everywhere. Smudges all over That's the place. That's one of the reasons they don't want you to touch it. Yeah. Because they'd have to constantly be polishing. It doesn't look good with no, all these fingerprints. it's like your fridge at home. You're like, oh, that stainless steel looks good. And then someone yeah. opens the fridge and there's just handprints. Or the glass of your iPhone, right? You know, yeah, the yeah. glass of your iPhone looks real clear until you're like, get that shine on the side That's of funny. it. And you're like, oh, that's dirty. So it is really, really cool looking. That being said, I saw I watch a lot of videos on 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 the Tesla Cybertruck because it on really X? is. Are you on X since I set you up on X? A little. I'm trying to learn it more. I okay. can tell you that uh, my my uh, social media consists of mostly YouTube. Yeah. Uh, because the algorithm there just 
It seems to be happier to me. Yeah, being your friend. I don't have a problem with the algorithm. I tried to get back on and do what you said on, on Instagram and started really working on the algorithm. And yeah. after two days of consistently working on it for a couple hours a day, it was not improving enough to where I cared. So oh, wow. I just I turned off. I don't use Instagram. I, I surf Facebook once in a while. Nice. And then X is one of those ones I'm, like, learning. I feel like it's a new technology I'm trying to do. Dude, X is killing it, by the way. Their their traffic keeps going up and up. I'm so happy. So am I. Uh, anyway, keep going. You were going to say something about the so, Cybertruck okay, so videos. The one, of, one of the videos I saw was this engineer. And this is not about the Cybertruck. It's about something different. It's okay. about the what they call he called the no culture. I see. He worked at Ford for a long time as an engineer. And he said this in passing and all of the sudden it it brought to brought me an understanding of so many different things of the people I deal with in large corporations there is what he calls a no culture and the no culture people get promoted because once you are a, a let's say ford he was at ford and he, once once you're at Ford and you get to the level where we're selling our trucks and cars and we're doing pretty good, yeah, innovating is no longer uh, it's no longer looked on as something good. Well, uh, okay, because the safety of the revenue stream is more important. That's the thing is like because I'm reading these other cultures about choosing greatness, these other books about choosing greatness, and one of the tenets of this other book is fanatic discipline. And it's learning to say no to stuff that will distract you from getting really great at the thing that everyone wants you for. So there is another side of that coin, but continue. Well, and his point was in the car industry that the difference between – because he, he was reviewing – he's not a Tesla person. He's just an rev- uh, engineer that reviews different cars and right. technologies. Okay. And he, his his he said that the difference between the culture you could never do and go to the next level that that – Tesla keeps seeming to do at another car company, any car company, because the culture of no is so powerful that it allows it basically keeps people from progressing. So I want to, yeah, I don't know if I said but, this but, on the. But I want to call out that like, if if making the CyberTalk prevented them from making the Model Y, like. They'd have to say no because their company would go out of business. That I understand. You know what I'm saying? That I understand. But, but thing, building a company that can do both is is, is important and int- interesting, at least. Well, and the thing that he points out is that— The Cybertruck is limping out of the gate. Like, everybody loves it. Everyone wants it. And they can't make them very fast because it's a really hard car to make. So it's limping out of the gate. Like, will they ever get fast at making them? That's an interesting question. I don't know that limping out of the gate is the right way to say that because every car is that way. I mean, unless you're Ford, who did put out a ton of Lightnings and you can't sell them. Yeah. I mean, there was a big article today that says Ford and GM just realized they can't sell EVs. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons they can't sell EVs. One of the main reasons is, oh, I don't want to get, well, let me let me say no to that conversation so we can finish our other one. Oh, I oh, love see it. How Let's I get back that. to the real one. So, I, don't, I remember I told you there was this deal that I was doing, and I, I realized that this really large corporation just had, just, no, it's not there. what I realized is the no culture there. Oh yeah, and the no culture is is we don't take any risk because if you take risk, we could we could get fired basically. Yeah, and so uh, the idea or the culture is say no. Yeah, and so th- in that paradigm shift of seeing them in that way, I can now manipulate the situation. I can ma- make it make it look like a risk. To you not- know, two no's usually make a yes. Make make it look like a risk. Correct. To not finish the deal. Correct. <laughs> This is a pretty big risk to you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, we've done a lot of work. And first so you get litigious, in, that's a risk for everyone. So interestingly, risk, we, risk, risk, we risk, sat risk, down risk. on Tuesday and had a conversation with them. And in a no culture, no one can ever, the person on the phone that you're supposed to be negotiating with can never make a, can never make a decision. They can't ever say yes. So there were two parts to the to, to this uh, deal that they were contending. They're like, we want this and we want this. Yeah. And we, we told them specifically, like, you, one of those things is a no-go for us. We're walking on. And the guy on the phone, who's a lowly person, he's like, yeah, we'll drop that. So I fixed it by creating the no culture around making the deal blow up, right? You are going to lose more by losing the deal 
than you would be doing the risk of the deal. So the risk of not doing the deal is higher than the risk of... So basically, you're manipulating them through their own yeah, no yeah. culture. Instead of finding a way to the end of a transaction that they've both been working for for three years, and it, it, which is a normal way of negotiating in a non-no-culture no situation, uh, they were you had to manipulate the situation so that these lowly people can kind of get a win in the no culture. Weird, right? Not so weird. I mean, I've been at Disney for a while and now I'm at another company. So it awesome, but not weird. No, it's, it's, it's disappointing. <laughs> I guess it's disappointing to me because I always think of, you know, you, you watch movies, you read books and you read, you know, the Henry Fords and the, and the te Nikola Teslas and the, you know, Elon Musk's and the Jeff Bezos. And the, they, they take these humongous risks to do what everybody told them that they couldn't do. And, and because of that, they're rewarded in society. So I just think that that's yes, super, yes, super ingrained. Yes, but like the Ford got beat by Chevy and GM because of people that changed from innovating into becoming the ones who could hit greatness at a at the rate. Do you see what I'm saying? So at yeah. some point there is a systematic tug there is a righteous systematic tug of war. Yeah. About what kind of great do you want to be? Do you want to be yeah. great like I did all the great things or do you want to be great like I made a company that that won? And so I, I There's something I, to be said for I, that. There's something to be said for both. And I I'm far more interested in building stuff. Um but I'm but I acknowledge that I'm going to lose someday to somebody who's willing to say do less, just harder. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I I, I think to, one of the reasons I'm an entrepreneur and a business owner is because I realize that I would rather take risks than I would, you know, uh, I would rather take risks. I think it's a way for me. I know it's just made for, for me. So, yeah. but that being said, listen, you know, you don't always win baseball games through home runs. You win them through, you know, basics. Yeah, money ball is like, yeah, get on base. Yeah. Get on base. Get yeah. on base. So there's something like, to be said I, for I'm that. Not, I'm not claiming, I'm not advocating for that. I'm just, I feel like de I'm defending for it. But honestly, you don't read, you don't read articles about the people that got better at, at their process management. <laughs> you read exactly. articles about someone's like, Steve Jobs. And by the way, Steve Jobs, just to be clear, the first time Apple went out of the gates, it was all big innovations and the company floundered and they, they fired Steve Jobs. That's what happened. True. And then Steve Jobs came back. He came back a man who had learned a lesson and he did still continue to innovate. But, but when he got one innovation that worked, he would then systematize it and make it rigid. So like he came back and they made the iMac. Right. And they just rode the iMac which had a tiny inter like interested base into into building a reputation and then they made the iPhone. And they're well, like Well no, the 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 next one was the uh iPad or not the iPad the uh the Mac No, 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 the 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 listening device one. The why can't I think of it? It worked. It was the um It's a listening device one. Yeah, yeah, it just had songs on it. Oh, the iPod. iPod, that's right. Okay, point of my story is, to, to Steve Jobs' credit, he the, the last great thing that he built wasn't a product. It was the company, which is its own product. And it's a company that everyone said was going to fall over as soon as Steve died. And it's been years now, and it's still, it's still the number two market cap company in the world. How did Microsoft overtake them? Uh, Microsoft has a huge stake in AI. Um, they own... They own ChatGPT. ChatGPT. A huge stake in ChatGPT, and they own a, a, the cloud services that provide AI, and those stock. And they're freaking gifted at running the stock market. Their stock is up sixty percent in the last three years. Very interesting. Yeah, I saw that article that uh, Microsoft overtook Apple, and I'm like, huh? So Microsoft's another example of a company. They're 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 one that like I don't their innovations are never that great but their their implementation and system systematization I don't even know how to say that their ability to make a system function it makes them a really successful company anyway well that's an interesting I didn't so. send you a text of a bunch of stuff before today no because um, I'm just happy to be here I'm like I I I'm just be so thrilled um, so to be here. Gosh, darn it. Um, so we did have one fun thing happen over this last week. Um, we had, so we talked, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but the Argentinian president, there's a new president of Argentina. He is a libertarian. And, and 
but and he is a he is an actual intellectual like he's a well-read libertarian which is weird isn't he a rock star or it's something super weird because he's also a lead singer of a rolling stones cover band <laughs> and um anyway but so he got elected and he's using his presidency to teach the public and and everyone who'll listen uh about the principles of freedom and liberty and the importance of that in in trade and it's just freaking inspiring to see it's just inspiring to see so yesterday he went to davos switzerland uh to their big convention and taught about freedom and he it's a 20-minute talk you can watch it on x or on youtube there's there's a version that has the translator's voice and there's a version that uses ai to simulate malay's voice in english that's what you watched wait that was not him that's ai that's an AI simulation of his voice translated into English. <laughs> Shut the front door. Isn't that wild? I thought it was him. And I was nope. like, wow. He I, gave us talk in Spanish. Because I was listening to him. I've listened to other things. I'm like, wow, his English is much better. It's not better. It, Holy that's moly. That's an AI translation of his voice and intonation. It even seems to match up with his lips. Yeah. Oh, that, that's also part of the AI. What the <laughs> heck? Isn't that wild? Yeah, they have technology now. So we, we're people that have general conference at our church every six months that goes out to multiple languages. There is technology now, and I won't be surprised if the church starts using it, that will make the prophet of our church speak in Chinese, in French, in Spanish, and whatever, in his tone of voice, moving his lips properly. If we want to use it, that tech exists. I am like, I'm literally, my jaw has dropped. And I'm a, like, and a legion of translators in Salt Lake City are like, what now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine those poor people in their jobs? They, holy cow, Isn't that wild? Dude. I didn't realize that was AI. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what so a great speech. Though. Anyway, you can oh. watch it online. It's a great speech. Now, the first uh, the 16 first 16 minutes, minutes is, is a heavier lift than the last five minutes. The first 16 minutes is literally quoting statistics about how, how much freedom helps economies and quoting uh, like thinkers about it. So that's a pretty intellectual 16 minutes. The last five minutes is more commentary and direct attacks at the people that are trying to bring down uh, capitalism. And, and it ends with this statement about entrepreneurs. He's like, to you, entrepreneurs who are thinking about building the next great thing, he's like, thank you for doing that. You have brought an unparalleled prosperity to the world that we have never seen in the, last, in the, in the history of the world. And you are the people that we need to rely on. He's like, don't let the statists and the people from the state try and drag you down. It's like, without you, we are ruined. With you, we are everything. And Argentina is with you. Uh, long live freedom, dang it. <laughs> I thought he said, damn it. Well, he did, but this is a family <laughs> oh, podcast. Sorry. <laughs> and by the way, it's actually stronger than damn it. I looked it up. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. Long well, live freaking freedom. <laughs> Did he really? That's what he said during his presidency on the campaign trail. <laughs> He's the F word? Yeah. The, the Argentinian F what's word. That, what's that word you keep trying to teach me that, the, uh, you know, uh, devalues the... Pageration? Pageration. It's the pageration of the F word. Yeah. You know, that's according to some internet sites. That's what it means. Anyway, and, and I think they're softening it because I think maybe it's softer than the F word, but stronger than the D word somewhere in between. Anyway. Holy moly. It's a great talk, but that's not the key. The key is that anybody is saying this. Like he leads with, one of the things he leads with that I loved was like, capitalism has saved the world and it's done it in the last 200 years. Everyone is less poor than they used to be. He's like, and the people most in charge of defending that are all these Western countries. He's like, they're not defending it. And he's like, either because they want to impress their do-gooder friends or because they have a misplaced idea of what doing good is. He's like, but doing good is defending the thing that keeps you from being poor. And I am going to do that. And you all should join me. And it was just like this incredibly strong thing well, to say. And the, it is incredibly strong because he he went on to redefine socialism. Yeah, that's where it got in the last five minutes. That is a really powerful one because it's really he went powerful. through all of it. He goes the state and bureaucratic legis bureaucratic uh, regulation is what the new form of socialism is. He's like, yeah, you, you would laugh at me if I said that we don't that we don't have democracy in the West. He's like, but you would be wrong. Because you're dividing it just as a system of government, and I'm saying that 
we can elect leaders, but then if the regulatory state can still su- suffocate the life out of any of regular people, then then socialism still exists. And that was a strong thing to say. Yeah, he was, and you're, he's saying it really because there is a ver- that economic forum uh, is a real. I have a hard time with that place. Yeah, no, it's full because of people it's, who really think they're better than everybody. No, and and it is a socialist utopia is what they're yeah. trying to that 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 guy that and he runs flew it, there on economy and he's flying back on economy. He doesn't he won't fly his own airplane because the country's broke. He's he's gonna be something interesting My, until until I, he gets assassinated in South America. You could die for doing this kind of stuff. So hopefully he uh, hopefully he gets to go the distance. Hopefully he survives. You know it takes a few years to turn economy around. So like yeah, like, they're like two hundred two hundred percent inflation the right peop- now. They're two hundred percent inflation. If that goes for a couple more years, like people are getting pretty pissed. And so it's he has to survive the populism, and then he has to survive the 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 statist enemies who are going to try and bring him down. The other interesting thing he quoted was the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we know the, li-. he's like, we know that this is, you know, that the men, uh, uh, th- that, uh, we are endowed by our creator, right. With yep. inalienable rights, yep. life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I thought that was really interesting because here he is, he's really quoting the Western credo of 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 the time from the when the when the United States was born was when real capitalism, real wealth, uh, began to grow, and that wealth throughout the first world really comes and stems from the United States. It always has, and that's the problem. Ronald Reagan used to say, "We're the we're the great light yeah. to the world," and if we can't, and I and I believe that, and I think that's one of our problems right now. It's 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 we we don't portray that anymore we so i asked somebody we, we don't accept that as exceptional we we think of it as the way it's supposed to be and so we we are just bathing in wealth and don't even realize it we yeah. don't even realize how much better like i i've looked for jobs in europe dude like doing what i do like they get paid so much less <laughs> it's ridiculous really so, yeah europe gets paid so much less did I ever tell you about my client speaking of Europe and the economies and the way things work there? Like a friend of our, a client of ours bought a, a, a I was going to say Dacha, that's Russian, uh, like a, a, a French villa. And when he bought it during, during escrow and they're about to close it, they're saying, okay, here's, you know, this is the, these are the people that work there. Here's the gardener, blah, blah. And they're like, do you want to keep the gardener? Yeah, we want to keep the gardener because we don't know anyone in France and, you know, we need to we need a gardener. So after then living there for that first year, they're like, you know, going back and forth. They're like, wait a minute, why do we need a gardener in the winter? So they're like, oh, we're going to fire the gardener. And they just hire someone during the seasonal times when we need them. So we went to fire the gardener. And they're like, oh, you can't do that. So the gardener is like the, the way the rules work there is like, first of all, it's a 30-hour work week. Yeah. And they're paying this gardener an assortment amount of money, and it's a guaranteed job. Do you know what they had to do? No. Sell the house. You can't fire the gardener. He's part of the house. Wow. The only time they had an opportunity to do that was during escrow before buying the house. Wow. Part of the di- so, And that's part of like this ingrained, strange socialism that Mealy was talking about. Yeah. Right? That it's these bureaucratic ideas that you think they're helping, but in, in actually it creates a giant break on the economy and the growth of the economy, the growth of wealth for everybody. Yeah. And so we look at, you know, we look at downtown LA, we look at all these places that are just, some of them are, are destroyed and, and, and riddled with homelessness and, and kind of despair. And some of that's uh, really just this giant regulation break that we put on ourselves. Oh, I think it is. And we have to, you know, if, if people, if we want to have a, a thriving middle class, this is what makes a great country, you got to take regulations off because the only way, the, one of the biggest reasons why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer is regulations because the rich are the only ones that can afford to get over the barriers. And That's so right. by getting over the barriers, they keep getting ahead. So then the poor get poorer because they can't afford. My brother. That's what right. happened that's that's in banking. There used to be a bunch of small banks. Then we made all these protections to protect us from cataclysmic bank failures that we were about to have in 2008. Right. destroyed small banks. And, and then we created a regulation barrier that now only the big banks can afford. Correct. And so therefore everything's big. And 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 in that category of too big to fail, my brother owned a trucking company, and one of the reasons why he sold it was because 
Do you know when you're going into, uh, you're going down the Baker grade and you're going oh, into- Oh, you've told us this story before, yeah. that you have to have roadside check-ins, and if you fail right. any part of those inspections, it's incredibly expensive fines. Yeah, and so, the, uh, and they're not incredibly expensive, they just add up, right? So you, each one of these places, you see them when you're going through, and as car drivers, we don't really think about it, but all these truck drivers have to pull over, weigh the truck, show their logs- uh, they have an inspection, et cetera, and so forth. Well, they built this brand new, super beautiful one right at the base of the Baker grade out coming out of Nevada. And they call it the, 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 the truck driver's like, this is a thousand dollar truck stop. Like you stop here and they are going to get you for a thousand dollars, no matter what. They're like, oh, the, the airlines are, the, the lines of, to your air hoses are, are, are too degraded in this area. They need to be replaced. That's this kind of fine and this kind of fine. And there's all these winky dink fines. Now, should there be safety regulations? No one's arguing that there shouldn't. What my brother was a business owner that got priced out of his route was the port of LA yeah. to Utah. Yeah. And they put on the exact amount of fine that starts to take away all the profit. Yeah. And when he sold his truck, he sold it to a guy, and he sold his trucking company to this guy. And he says, hey, listen, here are the list of the things that need to be done before you go through the 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 uh, that Report. truck stop that we're yeah. talking about. And he said he didn't do it. It ended up costing something like 20 grand. $20,000. Can you imagine? Now, th these are people that have, like, my brother's got nine kids and lives in Ephraim, Utah. You know, they they, yeah. they don't, they're not living in the la life no, of luxury. Exactly. Like, regular people like myself who don't understand all the implications on either side of this argument just get enraged when they hear that. Right. And how about like, this? Diesel. Like, is you, should, you should have to be able to say that, yeah, your brakes will stop. Right. You know what I mean? And you should have to be able to say that, I don't know, the wheels aren't going to fly off. Right. But, like, how much more regulation do we want? You know what I mean? Like after that, it should be up to the, anyway, I don't know. Well, and if it is a, a truly safety thing, then why wouldn't you like, listen, these things break while they're going. They're traveling thousands of miles and sometimes in a, in a, in a day. So why wouldn't it be something like, oh, what is your route? Oh, your route's to the, the port and back? Yeah, okay, well, how about this? We'll give you this fix-it ticket, you know, on the way back through, show us that you fixed it. It's fine. Something like that. That, I mean, would, that seems like more reasonable, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it seems like the, the government in that point is working with the safety for the other people and Something helping, like you know, yeah. but instead they're looking as a revenue generation. Yeah. They just want to generate revenue and they're like, oh, the big trucking companies can handle it because, you know, Swift Trucking or JB or whoever, you know, Skunk Trunky, they're all coming through and they're huge billion dollar companies. They can afford it. But the majority are these guys that own one, two, three trucks. Yeah. And they can't. That, same with diesel. All these things are just regulations. Taxes and regulations are going to slow down economies. And you want to make, you want to see things prosper. I think you said, you know, we, we always talked about let's make a. We love California. What are we going to do? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You want to solve the the expense of of uh, of of homelessness or the expense of buying a, a house in in California. Start removing regulations. Yeah. Start removing barriers to where that mega. See, remember that. Over where I live, there's that mega development. Have you yeah. seen that up behind Magic yeah. Mountain? It's a mega development. There's like five builders that yeah. band together to get over the environmental regulations. And it took them 20 years. Yep. 20 years. It's a mega builder. And um, we're talking D.R. Horton. We're talking about you know all these giant builders that, that build houses all throughout the United States. Billions-dollar companies. They couldn't afford on their own to get over the hump. They couldn't do it. All because people could stop it, stop it, stop it. Yeah, with well, I don't know if I've done this right before on the air, but I want to say it now. Like a lot of people don't realize this, but in, in Central California, they've discovered some of the biggest fracking reserves of oil and natural gas of anywhere in the United States. Yep. Of anywhere. Yep. And they won't allow people to go and extract those that oil and gas. They won't allow it. Are we talking Central of, Valley, like Stockton, yeah, stuff like that? Places where the cities are bankrupt? Yeah. Yeah. So we could have overnight the richest state, like maybe we're already the richest state. We could go so rich so fast, and all the can you imagine all the Latino families that would go from being like lower middle class to upper middle class to rich over in just in just half a generation yep. if we if we open up oil and gas in California. No, but we won't do it. Why? Because because we because we overregulate. Because we insist yeah. that the some the delta smelt tiny weird fish is more important, and we've made up 
the idea that's not based on science, but is based on lunacy, that that fracking is somehow going to affect groundwater and and cause earthquakes because we're idiots. That's what we think. Right. Not and, on science. And, and even though scientifically it's like it does not. They're like, right. no, no, no. I saw a movie with Matt Damon. I'm like, guys, it does not. Like right. they've measured it multiple times. Right. Well, I don't so, believe who's measuring it. Oh well, like you better better tell that to Matt Damon. Right. Because <laughs> he knows. Because he knows. They mean well. Like I'm not saying the actors don't mean well. I'm just saying they're wrong. And so if they're wrong, they're like there's an objective way to find out. You get the water out of the ground and you measure it. You did say actors, and that's probably who's pushing this. That's, well, that's what I'm referring to when, it, like, that, that, that Matt Damon project was actually a. Oh, you were really for? I think you were talking about the actors, as in the players in politics. No, I was. You're talking the I'm actual that, actors. I'm saying that. Yeah, you're right. There are huge social movements, like anti-nuclear movement, right, and anti-fracking movements, that are primarily. Like supported by movies and television in Hollywood, there was like, yeah, we were all healthy at our middle school, and then they started drilling for oil nearby, and now we're all dying. I'm well, like, and the lunacy is doesn't this is almost never true. You have you know lunacy, I mean? like so they, we don't want we don't want this, right? We don't want the environmentalists are like we don't want you to drive a car that has fossil fuels. Suppose so we want you to drive electric cars. They say that one day, and then they ban electric cars after what twenty thirty or something like, or ban a ga the the sale of gas cars in California. California, uh, in 2030 or something like that, right? And then the within the next couple of days, they say, hey, by the way, we don't have enough electricity for you to charge the cars we already have. Yeah. Do you know the electric car? Well, I'm just saying, choose prosperity, baby. Choose yeah. prosperity. Yep. Like, like, take reasonable, reasonable steps to make sure we don't pollute our air and water. Reasonable steps. And then just open it wide up. Right. Just do it. Right. Like, Oh, what if that field has a bunch of ugly-looking oil derricks? I'm like, then build a fence around it and plant trees. I don't care. I want Latino families to get rich, and I want I want opportunity to go up. That's what I want. Like, let's do it. Have you ever seen that oil derrick on uh, the high the Beverly Hills high schools? Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> they've some, got it all decorated. Because old old California was built on oil. Or yep. Old LA at least was built on oil. And there's they have all these oil derricks that are hidden, everywhere, hidden inside of buildings yeah. around LA. It's kind of funny. Go ahead, do that. What's the big deal? Do that. Jeez, people. Anyway, yes, go Mealy. Go for him. Yeah, man. Long uh, live freedom. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> Uh, I saw a couple of other memes where it was like AI stuff, and the guy the guy turns to you know the socialist that runs that Devos thing. What's that guy's name? Davos. Uh, yeah. Davos. I don't, I don't know. For some reason, I do know his name, but I don't. The remember. bald. He looks like he looks like. Uh, who's the character that does this? He's the, looks, like a, looks like a Bond villain. Yeah, the Bond. He looks like a Bond villain, and he's like running this Davos. How do you say Davos? Davos. I, I say Davos. Davos. I don't know okay, Davos thing. And uh, anyway, the guy looks over and he <laughs> looks at him and he says, "F you." <laughs> he just cusses him out for you setting up this socialist new order and all this other stuff. And I just started laughing. Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Yeah, he's not a good dude. <laughs> Yeah. He's a socialist. He's and the he founder of the World Economic Forum. And people go. Everybody goes. Everybody yeah, it's the goes. Cool kids, the cool kids party. Which is weird because I don't think Biden's there, going. They fly there in private jets to talk about how much they're helping the world. It's just insane. I don't know. I, 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 it, it'd be really easy. I, if you weren't a conspiracy theorist and you spent any amount of time acquainting yourself with Davos and the World Economic Forum, it would be really tempting to become a conspiracy theorist. But- but I don't know what those conspiracies are, and I don't care to find out. I just, yeah, I, I, just I just want to know. I just the, the fact that anyone's out there saying that we stand with entrepreneurs and we should defend capitalism makes me super happy. So. Amen, amen. And to their credit, he spoke there, so I'm assuming he didn't like you know tear a hole. In the you know wall. who speaks that way also is Vivek. Yeah, he talks I'm that sad. way too. So Vivek, oh, they had Iowa caucus. Uh, Trump won. Vivek uh, quit and endorsed Trump. And uh, New Hampshire primaries today, and Trump's going to win again. Trump Trump destroyed. It wasn't one. Yeah. It was like the biggest gap ever. Lopsided. Yeah. He's going to win again. So he's fixing to be the Republican nominee. And then Biden is just walkering his way to the, to the nomination. So do you know what's interesting? I saw something the other day. So uh, the Republicans, they choose delegates to vote for. It, and the delegates are, are they're basically bound by the, the vote, right? Yeah. Well, Democrats do a similar thing, but they also have this thing called superdelegates. Yeah, they yeah. can override everything. <laughs> they can override everybody. So we could end <laughs> they, up. They put those in for Hillary because it was it was looking like Hillary wasn't going to win. Well, the weird part I mean, is they've had is it like, for a while, but I think they strengthened them during Hillary to make sure that Hillary won. The super weird part is is that I mean, in theory, 
they could ride into the Democratic convention with thinking that Biden's the nominee and they could put in a totally random person. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. But here's the, and here's why that's not corrupt. Parties are not actually government. Like parties are a private entity, a private collection of people who espouse certain beliefs and band together to win elections. And then make so, rules of So they can it. make the rules. The rules can be they could be a foot race if they wanted. They could be like we're That'd gonna be awesome. we're gonna like whoever wins this foot race is our nominee. Trump Biden. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Bang, go. So uh if they wanted that gets on the ballot. Then the ballot, of course, is a government entity, and that is something that we all get to do together. But pr- parties can do whatever they want. And so yeah, I think it's uh like I, everyone's like it can't. I mean, you say that you it can't say be that Biden. You did. You to, said to the that. people that say it can't be Biden, I'm like, cool. Who else? Who else going to be then? Well, I think the wet dream is a uh, Barack Obama or uh, Obama's wife, Michelle. Well, they keep saying that, but she's not good at politics. Sorry, she's good at not talking and standing next to Barack, but she's she's not good at. Yeah, I've listened to her a couple of interviews over recently. Her tongue, and she's not that yeah. smart, and she's just not. Yeah, so no, it's not Kamala. The person that f- I fear is actually Gavin Newsom. I mean, I know that he's crazy and everybody's no, no, like, that's the he's pers- fearful. Everyone that says it's Gavin Newsom, that would be fine. But like, man, it's January. When's it going to happen if it's not going to happen? Are they going to do it at the convention? Is that what you're saying? That's the only way it can happen. There's no one running. So the only way they could swap it is at the convention. So if it looks like Biden's going to lose by the convention, do you think they would swap? Do you, well, let me ask you this. No. Would Gavin Newsom want to swap uh, an already lost election? So that's where it gets weird. Because what if he just no, waits four I years? Think what I, if he waits four years and runs next time? Yeah, I think that he. I, I think that Gavin Newsom would thinks he can win. He, the guy's delusional in the first place. But no, I think he could. I think he could win actually. I think he honest, could win, but could, you think he could win this year, halfway halfway through the almost all the way through? I know you're talking about the nomination for his party or the or the, no, the, the actual presidency. presidency. I think he could win. I do. I think that Trump is flawed enough. I mean, Trump has actually made some really good moves in the last few. Uh, yeah, I and mean, for every good move, he he posts something incendiary and nuts on on True Social. But I think that he has done some good things. If he did all just good things and he's, he got on X and posted all sensible, paternalistic, friendly, fatherly advice crap, he would win. But instead he's just out there roasting people and saying, you know, toothless Nikki Haley or yeah, whatever he calls her. This is the, the thing about that. We've talked about this, and this is, this is my take on it. My take is this is like the first time he did that in the first cycle, this was terrible. The second cycle, it was old. In other words, people are tired of it. Yeah. But we're now in the third cycle and people are doing it. It's not him on both uh, sides. I don't know. Maybe. On both Look, sides. I, I, I think that he's obviously lost the last two election cycles, but I wouldn't know. I'm but, only but, talking about but Biden I, looks like he's actually doing worse. No, he so. only, he lost one election cycle. I'm not talking about congressional stuff. Well, but he lost two cycles. He, he lost one election, but he lost two cycles. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't. Uh, I don't attribute the loss uh, or, or the underperformance of the red wave uh, to him at all. Actually, I, I I attribute that to the the party itself. Well, the party itself definitely bears bears a big responsibility. That, that's their responsibility is to to create a red wave and to yeah. to ride that. And they didn't. It was it was not good. Uh, but that I don't. I don't. You know, Trump had a couple of picks that were really bad, like the Georgia guy and the uh, Herschel Walker was not a great, and then Doctor Oz was not great. Those are a couple bad picks, but that doesn't. I don't think the onerous comes to him. He's not controlling the party. The party works against him in a lot of ways. Yeah. So anyway, a lot of politics, but very going to be. We're going to talk probably more about politics, not because we want to, but because this is. It's news. November is the next presidential election, so it's going to be a, a a wild and wacky road. Uh, but it does, yeah. I think. Uh, I think. I googled it. Malay cannot be the U.S. president, so. <laughs> That's too bad. It is too bad. Can you imagine that guy? But he, t- he's that populism kind of idea. You know, it's kind. Of, it was it was invented by Trump in a lot of ways. Well, recently, for sure. Or yeah. well, re, I guess re reemerged. Reemerged. So I think that his. By the way, going back to his like crazy crap that he says, I think it's old news. I don't think anyone's no one's no one's paying attention to it anymore. He's gonna say crazy crap, and everybody's gonna be like, oh, that's it. But. It's, it's it's either saying crazy crap that everybody's saying now, and it's four, three election cycles into it, uh, versus um, a guy that just can't talk at all. 
We'll see, William. We'll see. If he shows up on the campaign trail with Google, Apple Vision goggles, then we'll know that you know everything, and then I know nothing. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, that'd be so amazing. Shows up with the he's got the blank the the projection of his eye ocular cavity. I really want to try it, but it sounds like you can't even like they're gonna they're they're retooling the Apple stores to be able to figure this out to be able to because you have to actually do stuff to make it work. Right to make the demo know. work, you have to do stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. I'm sorry, jumping back to Apple Vision. Apple Vision is going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm, I actually agree with you. I think VR, AR slash stuff, unless they could do something really different, make it super small. It, 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 once it finds an actual use that people need it for, and it can get a toehold in that use, we can talk about whether or not it becomes a social phenomenon. But I don't think it's going to be a social phenomenon. Currently, I, I think you're right. I think, I think my son using it for 20 minutes twice a week, or even for an hour twice a week, that's interesting. But it's not... Yeah, it becomes a it's tool. Not, it's not an ecosystem still. A niche, it's a niche tool. That it becomes a tool for like engineering or whatever. That'd you cool. said it once, I think in passing, like it has to be Tony Stark level. If it's yeah. Tony Stark level where it's like you get all this extra stuff... Wait, Tony Stark is in a helmet. There he is. Friends, this has been the Waystation Podcast. Yourselves for Life Hacks Social Commentary and Tony Stark. Evidence. I'm your host, Randy. I'm William. <laughs>